0: Welcome to a very special episode of The Geek, Geek Buddies! Buddies! Hey! So, as you can tell, this is not John Rocha. This is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor, where you might have seen me on Silicon Valley, 911, and
2: Teen Wolf. I can see you in the rearview mirror. Hey! Uh, this is Mike Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated uh, TV's and movies, and uh, I am also currently uh, a Comic Con chauffeur. Chauffeur. Yes, at the moment we are
0: driving back from Comic Con. As you all know, John was not able to make it to Comic Con this year. Typically, we will try to record on the trip down, and we'll talk about the things that, that we're. Oh, in, where we, we didn't tried. See. We did. We did. We gave, we gave it the old college try. John is all, uh, aside from being the main host, John is also our technical guy. So so we gave it we gave it the old college try and we had the old college flunk this time. Uh, it did not turn out so well, so we're giving this another try, fingers crossed it works. So the person who's always with us when we're going down to Comic Con and he's actually next to me right now is our very special guest
1: geek buddy, Mike Kalinowski. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and everybody. How's everybody doing there, there? Uh for you guys that don't know, I'm Mike Kalanowski, uh television actor, currently at Jane the Virgin. Uh, and all-round uh, comic book aficionado, especially with DC
0: there. And Mike is riding next to me. In Shotgun, we have a gentleman named Mr. Tony Campanella. He does not want to talk. He's holding the mic. No, no, no. You said I'm going to. I'm calling you out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will sit here pleasantly. <laughs> Tony's sitting here pleasantly next to me. He's, our, he's, he's the Geek Buddies AV guy and mic stand. That's why I can keep both of my hands on the wheel and still talk. But Tony is also an animation writer and an all
0: around lovely guy. Why, thank you. <laughs> so we're coming back from Comic-Con. Uh, really good year this year. We saw a lot of interesting uh, TV stuff drop. There was the big Marvel Hall H panel. Uh, guys, shall we go around Go
1: around the car? Who liked what? Kalinowski, you're the guest. Let's start with you. Okay, my friends. Uh, first thing I guess it would start for me, it was, a, it was, uh, it was a Thursday morning, right? The Terminator panel we went into. Uh, we had breakfast They're our favorite place out there and we said, you know what, let's try for What's our favorite place? Broken Yoke. Oh, a little shout out to the Broken Yoke. Three days in a row this year. You usually. Three days in a row. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, you know what, Hall H, let's see if we can get in. There's not there's 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 Terminator, then there's the Batman Beyond twentieth panel. We didn't know if we would even get into it. But we walked up, there were a lot of people in the shoots, in the line, but they were all under the shade on the on the convention center side, so I said, let's do it. So It was a nail biter. It yeah. was a nail
0: biter. We That's, weren't sure if we were gonna get in.
1: <laughs> time's ticking away and we're like, Oh, we're not gonna get in and truth be told we all got in and I think everyone in that line would have gotten in because by the time we got in there was still a third of the convention center left open in Hall H but anyway so we get in there Terminator panel's great you guys will talk about that then comes out Conan O'Brien owns the stage man This guy's got charisma coming out of every pore of him and he's talking he's like guys I got someone with me I got a big announcement I got a movie you guys are all dying to see one of the biggest stars in the world, and we're all the audience is not really like, oh my God, what big announcement is this? Because it's like, okay, it's Conan O'Brien, it's gonna make a I joke. I thought I thought it was a
2: joke. I thought like Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, like I thought something I, was good. Yeah.
1: I thought honestly, I thought it was gonna be Ron Burgundy. Come, or, or yeah. uh, him coming out as Ron Burgundy to announce like an Anchorman 3 or something.
0: Well, and you know what's interesting about that is because Tim, uh, Terminator is a Paramount film. Right. Uh, Conan O'Brien works with Warner Brothers. So the fact that he was coming out for Paramount, it's like, oh, I wonder what's happening right now.
1: Yeah, and the Warner Brothers animation people look like they were getting ready to come out. And he's like, ladies and gentlemen, biggest star in the world, Mr. Tom Cruise. And the, the audience didn't go nuts because we're like, is somebody going to come out impersonating Tom Cruise? It's going to be like, uh, yeah, you know, that's what I thought. That's what I thought was really funny. He said Tom Cruise, and everybody was like, uh...
2: And then and when Tom Cruise out ran out on stage... Tom
1: damn Cruise. <laughs> Leather jacket, white shirt, jeans, just as you can tell. like You see people up in these panels. You guys have been going for a de- over a decade. Sometimes even these actors, they're a little nervous. This, this man is the consummate showman. He's up there by himself. There's no one else, and he's just humble, but just kind of casual. Like, guys, you know, and he goes, this is a love letter anima- uh, to aviation. This is the first time we're dropping this trailer for you. And they dropped that trailer. Well, and he also talked about,
0: uh, about you know, 25 years ago, however many years, we made a movie not too far from here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because they filmed it down there. Uh, I think it was Solomar down there. Uh, but I could be wrong on that. But anyway, of this movie, I, w- I mean, I grew up in that era, but it- I was a little young for Top Gun. It's when I was more into the-, the Goonies and stuff, but I remember it very in my head. But I was never This Coming back Maverick I'm like I love Tom Cruise I'll see every single movie he does He's never disappoints me But I was always like I don't know about this What are we doing this for But after that trailer man There are shots of him Where he's taking off in that fighter deck And because you know Tom Cruise You know that is him Piloting that jet I'm sure there's a pilot In front of him Or maybe behind him In the seat But my god the shots of him in that shot, you know it's him in there. And the audience, it, it did what you needed to do at a comic. And we talk about DC not being to be there because you don't need to sell it to these audience. That is an audience, maybe not all of them are guaranteed to see a movie like Maverick. But now I think the panel went nuts after it. Well, it and you know, nasty. and
2: most of most everybody listening right now has probably seen the trailer because it literally dropped, uh, you know, seconds after they showed it to us. So even though we were technically the first ones to see it, but it is one of those things that still the way the showmanship of the way they did it, you know these people who wait to get get wait in Hall H to get in line, you're kind of like, well, why would you wait for something that you're literally going to be able to see 10 minutes later on YouTube? But Conan coming out, the way Tom Cruise right. came out, like, it just made it feel like such an event, and just the excitement in the room was so palpable. And when that trailer dropped in that giant room and you heard that first note of that Top Gun score, I mean, people just went crazy. It was amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's something that...
0: Watching it online, you can get a sense of the excitement, right. but you, there's no substitution for that ambient energy in Hall H. Um, you know, Tom Cruise was down uh, several years ago for the Edge of Tomorrow panel. Did you Did you see that panel? Were you there? I did. Okay. I did. I did see that one, and I will say Tom Cruise did a better job when he's up there by himself. Right. Um, like having him field questions, um, it, it, it felt a little. A little force, like he, like uh, Bill Paxton was in the audience because Bill Paxton played the drill sergeant character in Edge of Tomorrow, and he was he was like, oh yeah, on set, I was making him do this. Bill, stand up, stand up in the audience. Now this is a hall of seven thousand people, and and they have cameras on the panel, they have cameras on the on the mic for the Q and A, um, for a cameraman to find Bill Paxton, it's not going to happen right away. So the moment comes off a little clumsy, a little sloppy. Him up there by himself. And he was just his element. You can tell that man
1: just knows how to work a live crowd. Yeah, absolutely, I agreed. Uh, so again, for me, see, Tom Cruise, is one of my favorite actors. I've argued countless times about so Blue in the Face. I feel he's one of the last true movie stars that we have. Uh, he, he gives us all every single one of his films, And To know that, I'm sure when, when the movie gets closer, we're going to see these shots of him with the military down there doing all the flying. So it's just for me, that was just such because you had no idea. We didn't think. They didn't even talk about that we might show Top Gun. Yeah. That was a true Comic-Con surprise. That, that's, that's one of the great things about Hall H to me. That
0: was my that was my thing. Michael, how about you? Uh,
2: well, I would like to... I'm going to hit on the Marvel panel because I'm the one of us that actually got to go in and see it. But since we're on it, I also think we should just talk about uh, the Terminator yeah. uh, Dark stuff. Dark Fate. Yeah, Terminator Dark Fate because... I mean, I think we talked about this when we did our movie trailer... Uh, kind of roundup our trailer park roundup where I was excited about Dark Fate you and Johnny not quite as much maybe a lot John of questions Johnny was more excited about it than I was um, so you know, like Kalinowski was just saying, with a lot of these panels, you're like, well, do they really need? Do they really need to go to Hall H? The geeks are going to go. They're going to come out and see this movie. And I think Terminator's one where we've been burned several times now with yes. Terminator movies, and you see like there's another Terminator movie coming out, and you're like, I don't know. So we get into the panel. Uh, we get in a few minutes late. So Tim Miller, the director, and Linda Hamilton are already up there talking. Uh, I thought we had missed whatever footage they were going to show, um, and they bring out the whole cast and. It was delightful. I mean, a lot of times when these big casts are out there, sometimes not everybody talks. Some people are awkward. Some people kind of don't say anything. This whole cast was... You got the sense that they were all really good friends. It was a lot of fun. And then... uh, And Linda Hamilton said some really great stuff about... um, Playing, Linda, uh, playing Sarah Connor so many years later she talked about going through the training and she thought that she could just do the same training she did for T2 back in the day and she was like, yeah, my body's not doing that anymore um, <laughs> and her sort of as an actress uh, accepting that her body had some limitations but she was still going to give it her all kind of fed right into the character of Sarah Connor and doing this thing where Sarah Connor was so much older and so it was all really interesting uh, And and then Arnold came out <laughs> and uh, as much as Tom Cruise owned the stage, we were getting some peak Arnold Schwarzenegger at his finest.
0: Watching him in front of a live crowd, you understand why he was elected governor.
2: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, came right out, just started joking around with everybody. Uh, they all started talking about how Arnold uh, quotes himself on set. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he, they're all saying that uh, you know they'll be on set, they'll be waiting to do something, and Tim Miller's kind of taking his time, and Arnold will be like, "Come on, do it, do it now!" <laughs> and was it was a Tim Miller who was
0: just like he, he's impersonating himself, and Schwarzenegger was like, "That's just the way I talk." Yep,
2: <laughs> I'm talking normal. That's me. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was great. I mean, they are all so much fun. And then uh, they're like, "Do you guys want to see some footage?" And this was some true Comic-Con exclusive footage. Like this stuff hasn't dropped online yet. They showed about what. Six minutes six of the movie. Of minutes, yeah. So Shannon, two scenes. yeah, two two scenes, two really full scenes, and then In kind a of a, a little sizzle at the end of a bunch of stuff that probably will be a part of the trailer when it's released. So Shannon, as the geek buddy who was uh, least excited about this movie, why don't you talk a little bit about that footage? I thought that footage was so
0: so great, and watching watching it. And aside from the fact that Tim Miller is a fantastic director, and I think we, we are now understanding why Deadpool 2 was not as good as Deadpool 1 because Tim Miller wasn't involved, um, something that the last three Terminator movies have lacked has been Linda Hamilton. And watching her dynamic on screen, not just with Arnold, but also with the new characters, with Gabriel Luna, with uh, Mackenzie Davis, um, Sarah, Linda Hamilton is really filling a void that was not there for the last three movies.
2: And I'll say too, I mean, even though James Cameron is producing, not directing, like this from just from the get-go, the way the 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 the, the cadence of the action, the level of action that was happening, uh, the the dialogue, everything, like this. Felt like Terminator 2. Yes, like it. It is very clear that this is a sequel to T2 and nothing else. And it it gave me that feeling of being in the theater when T2 came out and that whole scene uh, where uh, where the T1000 is chasing Arnold and uh, Eddie Furlong on the motorcycle in that giant truck. I mean, that's that's the level of intensity of this action sequence. Yeah, and it also
0: came out. Um after the panel that Edward Furlong was supposed to be reprising his role as John Conker yeah. for this movie as well.
2: Um, and so, you know, without giving away uh, too much, um, you know, I mean it was very clear in the movie that... Uh, um, and they made it really clear in the panel, like, all the other Terminator movies kind of still recycle the same idea that Judgment Day is coming and Judgment Day is coming and we're always trying to avoid it. And they made a really clear distinction that the events of Terminator 2 avoid judgment day it doesn't happen they, like the world does not end when we all think when they when they thought it was going to end, and Sarah Connor has been living with this for years. But there are still Terminators showing up, and there is still stuff going on. And she's been hunting Terminators, and there's a there's a there's a lot of stuff about that. So we're gonna get a really different version of the future and why the Terminators are coming back or how they're coming back. So a lot of really big questions. Um, they kind of showed where Arnold uh, as the as the classic T800 was coming from or where he's been a little bit, uh, and showed like a. Lot a lot of the dynamic between Sarah Connor and the T-800, uh, which was a lot more combative than you would think it would be based on her relationship with Arnold in T-2. So a lot of really interesting questions, amazing action, highly recommend. This went from something that I was excited to go see because the trailer was cool, to I'm hotly anticipating this. I cannot wait till November gets around. Now, generally in
0: Hall H, when they show material, when they show footage, a lot of times uh, they will they pad the the panel so they can play it again because generally the fans are so excited. You could tell they they did not plan to play that again, but the crowd reacted so
2: strongly to it. Well, and Tim Miller bullied us. <laughs> Tim Miller bullied Tim Miller. Tim Miller says, "You know, when I came and showed Deadpool footage." The crowd was chanting, play it again, play it again. And so uh, if you want to hear this again, we need to hear it. And everybody said, oh, yeah, play it again. And and he was not satisfied with the level of intensity of that crowd. And that man drops an F-bomb like nobody I've ever seen. Yeah, He dropped a few, and he scared us, and then they played it again.
0: Yeah, Gabriel Luna actually had to pay Arnold Schwarzenegger $20 on stage because they had bet how many times Tim Miller would drop the F-bomb. And Gabriel Luna maybe not a betting man because like, I bet four and Arnold took five and above. So the odds really were in uh, Schwarzenegger's favor in terms of the F-bomb dropage. And,
2: and what was it he said about Tim Miller and, uh, and fucking? <laughs> he just says, he likes to say it, I like to do it. My God, Arnold.
1: Uh, <laughs> Peak Arnold. I just gotta say, like, uh, McClung, I probably was even less excited for this movie than you. And I'm someone that liked Terminator 3. I like what they did. I love the ending. I actually <laughs> went in, I, Salvation, I actually went in going, okay, we're getting to see the the, the the war that we wanted to see. Genesis, I wa- I stopped watching about 20 minutes in. I was like, this is garbage and I will never come back to this. But it, like you said, it's the we know, we know this movie. We promised the other things. But for this movie, we're going to get to it. I'm burned by that. But this movie, the other problem with me was the Lyndall Hamilton bringing back. Because I was so excited about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Karen Allen coming back. And watching her reprise that role. She probably had not acted in God's how many years. And it just felt... You took this great Karen Allen... The great, uh, you know, Marion Ravenwood character, and it just felt like, oh, this, oh, this is not working. So, so I was. So you were you were, worried, you were worried she wasn't gonna have the acting I would, chops. Not even the acting chops. It just felt weird. But it's like, oh no, this looks like. The character. this looks like Linda Hamilton has gone away and was Sarah Connor for the past 20 years we haven't seen her 30 yeah, years the, and she's been doing this still the so.
2: extended action sequence in the truck that you see in the trailer oh. uh, it, it leads into what seems to be the introduction of Sarah Connor in the movie and her introduction and the way she enters the scene yeah. within the first two seconds of her showing up you're like fuck i'm in i'm all in i'm and, all in and she gets
0: yeah. to drop a classic uh, terminator line that is Those usually were. not reserved for yeah her. i i
1: i that th- that that trailer and coming out there was for the people like me that were might not have seen it opening night opening week maybe would have seen it two weeks later because there was nothing else out that was for me did its job i'll be there to see it absolutely um, and i'm excited to see it
2: uh so now that we're uh I'm just going to keep prolonging the Marvel part because I know we're going to talk about it for the rest of the episode. Uh, While we're on trailers, you know, a lot of these trailers, like we said, uh, with... um with uh Top Gun, you know, we see the trailer and it pretty much drops instantly. So there are a lot of panels that we didn't get into, but the second these things dropped, it's what everybody at Comic-Con at the bars and the pool and everyone were talking about. So uh what do we want to talk about first? Let's kind of go through some of the big trailers real quick. Well, I think the first one, the one that impressed me the most on, on the television
0: front was the Picard trailer. Now I am not I am not a Star Trek fan. I've seen episodes, I've seen movies scattered here and there. Um whatever this show is going to be, I mean, I feel like I have to go back and and catch up on Next Generation now because I'm truly, truly interested. Um, Patrick Stewart is just so watchable and watching him return to a character that he hasn't played in, what, you said, like 20 years?
1: 2002 was this last film with uh, Nemesis.
0: Now, this is something I'm really excited for. Now, you guys are both
1: more Star Trek fans. Kalanowski, what did you think? Well, I had a good segue into this because I said, we're going to talk about the trailer and you're like, we should. I was like, make it so. Uh, I,
2: I like that one. you. I like that we passed the point where I you know, would make the but, joke, I had to put but it you in still there. wanted to put the I joke had in do there.
1: It. I had to do it. Was it really it. worth it? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here. But we're here. And we're but here we it. are. But here we are. Hey. <laughs> hey. You know what? I want to know what you thought about the trailer. Make it so. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a trekkie trekker per se. I do enjoy the worlds. I do enjoy the characters. Uh, I've read those recently. Those, those. There's two books. So there's like twenty-fifth years. Uh, of the voyages and then it's it's the 50 years but divided into two 25 uh, year volumes and they're phenomenal they give you such an insight with the creators and writers and the cast Uh, I'm excited for this like I told you guys this morning it did like last year Discovery was really big at Comic Con that felt Trek though the phasers the the, the teleportation the beaming the ships this did not feel Trek at all to but me. but that's a good thing Yeah and that's a great thing That's what I think Because you've got Discovery Which is doing so well You've got They just I think Announced Pike is going to do A new series of shorts Um with his character, so it's like that is the smartest thing because it's not. But we're getting all these characters that are coming back. You know, it's confirmed Riker, Troy, Data's in there. Seven of seven nine. of nine from Voyager. So it's like it's Trek, but it's not. It 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 feels great. It's it's what almost well we. It, I'll say this. It's what I wanted with the Star Wars anthologies. I wanted to be Star Wars, but not lightsabers, Jedi's, nothing. And they kept. Wow, well, well, we got to mention this. We got to tie it to this. This seems like and I know the Borger in there but it didn't feel Trek and I love that
2: yeah I mean I know what you're saying I mean look when when the the Picard teaser came I'm a little bit disappointed that this show is not just Jean-Luc making wine yeah I was very excited about my Jean-Luc winery series where just each week somebody shows up and they just have wine and chat but I guess make it Merlot make it Merlot make it Merlot (laughs)
1: <laughs> is that the name of the show? <laughs> you, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, Picard. We make it Merlot. Make it
0: Merlot. We, we, we had a bunch. <laughs> make it oh. make it so Vignon Blanc. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, a good one.
1: that's pushing it. Didn't
2: we have a Rosé one?
0: <laughs> we did. Wow, we did. what was the Rosé one? Oh, oh ro- Rosé Rose stance is
2: Futile. Oh, Rosé stance is <laughs> Futile. That's the one. So
1: you almost got your third spit taker. <laughs> <laughs> almost
2: got third spit taker. Um... But yeah, so so we got you know like obviously this trailer gets into the meat of the series a lot more, and we were discussing this. I mean, they don't they don't say it specifically, and maybe it's not it, but the big implication is this you know this young woman appears to Jean Luc Picard and says you're the, I feel safe around you uh, for some reason I feel like you're the person, and then he you see him talking to an admiral. Uh, we find out that you know he's been doing his thing for a while, but he's not necessarily totally satisfied. He doesn't feel at home there, and basically says you know if this girl is what I think she is, so the implication is like there's some Borg aspect to her, uh whether she's fully borg or whatever. One of the other things, I was on a pan I was I did see the EW Kickass uh women panel and Jerry Ryan was on it. And in addition to confirming that, you know, Data, Riker, Troy, uh all in her of course in it, she also said Hugh, who is the character from I am Hugh, a Borg character that that sort of gotten separated from the uh From the Borg collective and kind of became his own person before he went and got reassimilated. It's one of my favorite uh, generation episodes. And so she said him as well. So it's like, I do think that there's going. I mean, and you see the Borg cube, obviously. So, like, this whole idea of tying back uh, this series to Picard's um, relationship with the Borg, him being Locutus of Borg, all that stuff, like, they're taking one of the most epic awesome uh, creations of Generation which was the Borg and doing it in a whole new light that is just fascinating and like, like this whole new crew that you see Picard with that one Vulcan who looks like he's like Vulcan samurai or what like there's like, there's just there's so many questions in the trailer brought up but like super excited and then ending with Picard and uh, Data and what's going to be going on with that like I, I am, I'm like a hardcore uh, generation fan. Like, that was sort of my way in. Like, I'd seen a little bit of the Star Trek movies uh, and watched a couple of the older episodes. But I, it wasn't until I fell in love with Star Trek The Next Generation that I went back and really fell in love with classic Trek. Uh, and so seeing these guys, and, you know, and also, you know, to Kalinowski's point about the last time he played Picard, like, those last couple generation movies, not so hot. Nope. Yeah, I mean, after first contact, it's kind of like I don't, I don't need that. Not, nothing's happening for me, and so to see this, this uh, high quality series, which feels like we're getting back into the world of these characters. It's just super excited! Cannot wait.
0: Now HBO dropped a bunch of trailers. They had uh, Westworld season three, which you're not really a Westworld watcher, I'm right, not, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I was not a big fan of season two. I know Vogel really was, but the the footage that they showed in that Westworld season three trailer, um, getting uh, Dolores out into the world, out into this future world, that's got me super excited.
2: Yeah, there's some really interesting things in that trailer. I, yeah, like you said, I love season two of Westworld. Season three is interesting because it's like. Are, is there any West to the world anymore? I mean, we sort of feel like we've left that behind now that we're out in the real world with the uh, with Dolores and the others. Um, the thing that really struck me that got me really excited. There's that one shot in the trailer where you see a bunch of uh, security people kind of shooting a, a more rudimentary looking robot. Yeah. And then there's that shot of Tessa Thompson kind of going up to some giant like construction robot or something and like placing her hand like, on like it. Like a power lifter. And it does seem like we're really getting into uh, we're really getting into some cool territory about these kind of uh, robots who we've now come to realize are almost like human uh, and with these other robots out in the world, like, it's... I. It, 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 I'm Jones. As you guys can tell, I'm very excited about everything I saw at Comic Con this year. For me, this was a great year. Uh, they dropped
0: an extended trailer for *His Dark Materials*. Now, they uh, they did a movie of *The Golden Compass*, the first book, probably about ten years ago. And Tony is now oh. making a gagging gesture. Oh, this, is exactly. <laughs> this is the first. Exactly. This <laughs> is the
2: first. Apparently, hold on, hold on. apparently, my mic stand was not a fan of the of the Golden Compass hold movie. So,
1: <laughs> so these, because I know nothing of what this is that you guys are talking about. So this trailer just dropped. This is in the same world as Golden Compass. It is the Golden Compass. Literally, oh. the story.
2: Literally, this. You didn't see the giant polar bear make the connection, Kalinowski? Well, you guys are talking you about. You think spirits? there's lots of in their bodies
1: and everything like this, and I'm just like, the Golden Compass. Golden Compass is the first book oh, of the three books. T- oh, I, I, I gotta check out. I'm sorry. I have to probably check out now. I'm sorry. Oh, you guys continue. Movie
2: oh. is horrible, as my mic oh. stand just confirmed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, But this looks like a. As someone who read the series and was very excited for it and was super let down by that movie, this looks like the thing that I wanted to see. And the thing that I love about these HBO series, all all of them, is uh, you, get, you get way more hours with these characters. You can really invest and tell a detailed story. You're not trying to jam an entire book into two, two and a half hours. Yeah. Um so you really do get to like get to know these characters and all the twists and turns of the book. It's, it feels like that's what we're gonna get to see. Now the Golden Compass, the film, I mean, it had a fantastic
0: cast. I mean it was it was stacked. But for me, Ruth Wilson is so much scarier than Nicole Kidman in, in that role. I mean there Oh, for sure. There is a when her Damon attacks uh Lyra's, um there is a almost a glee in her eyes watching Taking this girl down a peg. oh you are looking her up right wow. now? Yeah, it's it's the gal from the Lone Ranger. Do you remember? I didn't see that. One. You didn't see the Lone Ranger? Okay. I think she, she, I haven't seen the Lone what Ranger.
1: Was, when they made a joke of the Lone Ranger, I was out. It's
0: going with a lowered bar. It's 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 not the cinematic pariah that it has been made
2: out to be. Right, that's that's for another day. Maybe we'll do a Lone Ranger viewing.
1: So I'll and need, also, I'll, I'll need lots. I'll, I'll, need,
2: I'll need lots of uh, lots of whiskey.
1: Lots of rose. Hey. <laughs>
2: Lot, lots of Rose since is futile. Io silver Rose <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: I got most of the car. No. I got most you of the didn't. car. No, can't get didn't. a spit take that every time laugh. <laughs> 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 And they also dropped the second trailer for Watchmen <laughs> Now interesting Woo-hoo! you guys were both really into this and you were not, not I, I, I'm not I'm gonna watch it. It's just I, I just don't get what is happening yet. And that's kind of like I. The second trailer they actually showed a little bit more of the classic characters. They showed the owl ship. They showed some references to Doctor Manhattan. We didn't get that out of the out of the initial teaser, so I'm I'm really curious about it. I'm just not quite as jazzed as you two are.
2: It'll be interesting to see because it's it obviously, and this kind of was the indication early on, but like with this trailer, it's really confirmed. Like this really is a sequel to what happened in Watchmen, right? I mean, like, that's what's happening. Uh, a direct sequel, it is. Uh, like a direct, yeah, yeah, like a direct sequel. Um, that, if you're a hardcore Watchmen fan and you love the story of the Watchmen and you wanted to see that or those characters and the way they were kind of portrayed in this HBO series, uh, I, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. Like, the to me the fact that it's in the Watchmen universe was almost the icing on the cake. Like, watching a story and the way the trailer rolls out where police are wearing masks and yeah, doing things... talk thi- about, and, talk and, about yeah, war in this society yeah, like, like well, Yeah, like, to me, it was, it was actually really what, what it was about is a lot of, like, what's happening right now. Like, to have a bunch of vigilantes running around in masks and then police running around in masks and this whole idea of who are the heroes, who are the villains, who's watching the Watchmen, which is kind of what the whole thing is, taking that into, like the relationship that that a lot of uh, Americans have with the police now whether you know exactly like it's just there's, it's gonna really dive into some stuff I think it's gonna be one of those shows that really gets certain uh,
1: aspects of uh of america really uh yeah. riled up on both sides i think it's going to say some interesting things I, you know and you know it's interesting because you know alan moore will probably disown this doesn't even talk about it anymore and, and he made his book and he never won anything after that and there was a little bit of a deep, deep uh, dipping into the money well when they did those before watchman books with dc we really didn't need those um and now we talked about doomsday clock the current yeah you and i were it, talking about doomsday clock Clovis this morning DVD series They're on, I think, 9 or 10 is out. They've only got a couple more, but they have dragged this out for almost two years now. And I I love it. At this point, I wish we talked about this. I was like, you should have, Jeff Johns and you guys, you should have written that story, inked it, colored it, and then solicited it. You You lost all the momentum because it is so good. You've lost the momentum on that thing. I think now I'll I'll recommend people, don't buy the next two issues. Buy the trade that will come out. That will be solicited a month after the issue 12 comes out. Because it's it's so good because it establishes the Watchman world. So with this, we got a little bit of teases. The, the owl ship was in there. and Dias, of course. Uh, Jeremy Irons. Dr. Manhattan on Mars. Dr. Manhattan. And it's like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to really be. It's HBO. This is really going to be some awesome stuff in the Watchmen universe, but not necessarily. You have to be a fan of the Watchmen to yeah. understand this. Well,
2: and what really struck me and what I think is really cool about this is that, look. we all love superhero movies or movies that are based on our favorite books and our favorite this and our favorite that. I mean, that's what Comic-Con is all about and that's what Geek Buddies is all about. We talk about it all the time. But one of the things that's great about superheroes as a genre is when they use the capes and the tights and the powers to tell a bigger story that really is about something and everything about this trailer gave me the indication that we're really going to use the idea of masks the idea of vigilantes the idea of fighting crime or, do, or fighting whoever you think is the bad guy or whatever that means and we're going to use that to really get into some big things that we as a society are dealing with right now so I I'm very much looking forward to that
0: yeah, I, I never thought I'd see Regina King kick as much ass as she looks to kick. Damn, right? She the best thing in that trailer. Oh, <laughs> so happy that she's in this. Like, it's going to be awesome. So the last, I think, television trailer we should talk about, um, I don't know if we've actually talked about it. We've all, I think, seen it separately, um, is Netflix's adaptation of The Witcher.
1: Ah, oh, yes.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I'm not, that's not uh, a world uh, that I'm super invested in or know anything about. Uh, so my reaction to the trailer was, huh, cool. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, but like I said, I, that's not, I, I don't, I don't really have a geek, uh, a geek opinion. Yeah. On the Witcher series. So it definitely looks like it's in my wheelhouse. It's stuff that I'm super into. Um, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about the trailer, but I didn't, I didn't watch it and go, Ooh. But nothing, nothing got you excited. I mean, that was
0: kind of what I felt, too. I mean, one of the, re, one of the things that kind of... I won't say it makes me nervous, because, again, I, I have nothing invested in it. Um, Cavill as a lead, he, he's the... T- I, I do think Cavill is a good actor, but I also think he needs to have a, a good director showing him the way. Like, uh, his performance in *The uh, Man From U.N.C.L.E., he is fantastic, because he had Guy Ritchie kind of showing him the way. Um, the, the DC films, I was not as uh, as big a fan... Uh, because I don't think Zack Snyder is an actor's director personally Um, and watching it it just there was nothing about the world that really that really lit lit the spark for me
1: yeah Talonowski yeah I'm the same I, I guess we'd have to ask people that know The Witcher yeah, I think I don't that, know anything about the Witcher. And, and look, what I, I talked to some of my friends at Netflix, uh, and
2: they were all very happy with the responses to both the Witcher trailer and the first episode of Dark Crystal. Like, so I know I know that the people working at Netflix are super happy, okay. and so I think that the people who are fans of Witcher are really feeling like, like they're sorry. I really feel like they're getting. The thing that they want. So again, I don't. I, and this is my lack of excitement about Witcher has more to do with my lack of knowledge than it does with I don't think this trailer I was have, good or anything. And people seem genuinely excited, and
1: Netflix seems really happy I with the response. Feel stupid, but it's based on a game, right? It's it's novels that the games were then based. Okay, off so of. now, like, if you did a TV series on Mortal Kombat, I could be able to give you first thing like that. that's my game that is the game that I grew up with that I love that I would go they did this they nailed this this and well, this I'm personally so. waiting for the hard hitting
2: dramatic version of Mario Kart so <laughs> once once I get <laughs> that <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like once I get the uh, like I want to see the Mario Kart where Luigi gives somebody a look and then it just gets real like the, the, the music comes on we get like the serious like it's gonna be it's gonna be an epic you guys wait one day dramatic Mario Kart you mark my words <laughs> directed by Steven Spielberg <laughs>
0: So the the panel that I went to by myself uh, Friday morning, Kalinowski and I stood out in line. Thursday, we well, didn't really stand in line. We just found we found the wristband guys Thursday night for Hall H. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, um. So I got up early Friday morning. Oh, Kalnowski yeah. yes. deigned not to join me. He was he was sleeping. When I was sleeping. Yeah. You came in
1: uh, early in the morning. And you're like I'm, I'm going to the panel. I was like, okay, oh, hey. <laughs> it was, wasn't happening for me.
0: So I went and saw two panels. The. Uh, Q, big Q&A with uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely I think I think that's, did I flip their names? Mc, McFeely and Marcus um, the, the yeah, screen- yeah, McFeely and Marcus <laughs> the screenwriters of Avengers Endgame Infinity War and I believe all three of the Captain America movies.
2: Hey, P.S. Hey, let's get back on this, I just want everybody to know that we are driving past a bunch of jet skiers and I literally want to just veer off the road, stop Don't doing the podcast right that's who think? doesn't want a jet ski right We're now, look at this suit. we do have bathing suits Oh, God damn, Geek Buddies. Oh, that looks so good. All is right. There, is there anything better than a jet ski? Look Not at this. Really. Look, and look, these guys are going fat. There's like, how many of them are out there? It's a jet ski army. That
0: really, wow, that really is. That's like 15. That's like oh, 15 or 20 guys, right
2: there. we I don't know if we did this right this weekend. Uh, do you um, think their recording equipment
0: would get damaged in the water?
2: Johnny will get mad at us. Johnny will get real mad. <laughs> Here comes the it's the Geek Buddies in the water. Hey, splash. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, all right. So, anyways, back to back to uh, back to the panels. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, the the Q and A that they had with McFeely and Marcus. I mean, man, that was so informative um the the moderator was I believe the editor of a magazine the backstory I believe is called it's called um fantastic moderator by the way like really really kept the conversation going kept everything organic Um, he said at the beginning he's like listen guys uh generally in Hall H when we put stuff on screens footage concept art um you are discouraged (laughs) not to take photos we're doing the opposite we want you to take as many pictures as you would like They started flashing um, the writer's whiteboard. So for those of you that are not in the screenwriting world, a lot of times when you're breaking stories, when you're working on scripts, um, a room will be dedicated for the writers to come in, and there's a giant whiteboard with dry erase markers. And you start breaking stories, and you start putting things up, like we need to remember this for here, we need to remember this for here. They put up the initial whiteboard posting of the time heist, where each stone was through... The Marvel Cinematic Universe, they had these baseball cards made up of all the characters that were in play. So there's over probably 50, 60 characters up on this whiteboard, and getting to see the process of how they were able to start to formulate this story. I mean, they, they, uh, they talked about some sequences that they had an idea for that didn't ultimately make it in. One of my favorites was the battle on Titan when it was Spidey, uh, half of the Guardians, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man versus Thanos, that at one point, Doctor Strange was going to uh, put his thumb on Thanos' forehead and do to Thanos what the Ancient One did to him that sent him into that kind of trippy, trippy other realm. And how he was going to encounter the Living Tribunal, and how all of these, which is a deep-cut Marvel oh, character. Oh wow! And how they were going to find him—they were going to find him guilty and just kind of smack him around. And you were going to see bodies being thrown at him, arms coming out, and ultimately, like we loved the idea of this, but to stop this action scene so we can have like a two-minute acid trip. Like ultimately, we didn't think. That was going to be the strongest thing to do.
2: It really and it really is funny because you really do see when you hear about ideas like that how hard it was to craft what they did. Like it's really easy, and we all do this uh, to go see a movie, uh, particularly a movie on the scale of Endgame, and come out and nitpick the details that you did. Oh well, why didn't they do this? Or they didn't? Did they not realize this? Or this didn't make sense? But when you start to like go back and look at those early images on the dry erase board, which you showed me a couple of them that you took pictures of, and see when they're just like kind of like taking shots in the dark well maybe we'll do this and maybe we'll do this and to like slowly build something as complicated as the time heist uh and make it work at all on any level is just really impressive yeah another
0: thing that they had pointed out there, there's some there's some clickbaity headlines out there how the russo brothers initially were going to have uh thanos decapitate cap so that is a misleading headline so something that they had talked about doing while uh Past Nebula, while well, 2014 Nebula was kind of getting her ducks in a row trying to bring Thanos and the ship to the future, that in 2014 they were, Thanos was going to go to Earth and wipe it out. And just have, like, kind of get some, get, get a dry run under his belt. And that when he came through the portal in 2023, um, he would throw the decapitated head of Captain America at his feet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, super brutal. Something that you would probably see in a comic book. I don't think there's any way (laughs) you could put that in a Disney movie. Um, But after that, we got to do a retrospective with the Russo brothers. And one of just... uh, It was just the coolest, most heartwarming thing that uh, the uh, moderator, uh, Stephen... What's his last name? Weintraub? Stephen Weintraub. Frosty. Frosty from Collider. From from Collider. He came out and was just like, hey, we're going to show you a little something at the beginning. And he reminded, like... The audience that um, the Russo brothers had a really good television career before they started doing Marvel and how they had this experience working with ensembles they showed some clips from Arrested Development they showed some clips from Community and that went straight into all four of those Marvel films and each time a new clip would come up and I think this is just a testament to their skills as filmmakers um, each time a clip came up I was like oh are we just going to watch a season of Arrested Development? Because I'm actually okay with that right now. And then it switched to Community. They showed the uh, the paintball episode. Of course. So much fun. And then they came out and just had a really, really sweet conversation with the audience. And uh, you could tell uh, Frosty really wants them to do uh, Secret Wars because he kept bringing yeah. that question back. He's like, so not to say that you're going to do this, but if you were to do this, da 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 Just really... It's they're just they're they're two filmmakers that I'm so excited to see what they're going to do. And apparently the next film that they are working on is with Tom Holland, and it's called uh, Cherry, and it's a little more semi autobiographical of like their hometown. Oh you know? wow! Yeah, I th- and I believe it's an I believe they're from Ohio. And then they're also working on a project with uh, Marcus and McFeely, as well.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I think that's a pretty good segue into uh, you know probably the most hotly anticipated. Uh, part of Comic-Con this year and as we talked about uh, last in our last uh, lead up to Comic-Con episode with Johnny I am not someone who waits in line for Hall H nor do I do the all day in Hall H I, I always hope and pray that something is going to happen and that the geek gods will intervene and allow me to uh, do the panels that I really really want to do and uh, the geek gods intervened and I got to go to the Marvel panel, so I was very excited. Uh, I was the only one of us who made it in. Uh, And look, there's not—we can go through everything, but, like, all the big announcements have been announced. I mean, everything was kind of instantly out there. Um, Aside from the footage of uh, the Black Widow movie, which we can talk about in a little bit, they didn't show a ton. They started off with this—Marvel loves a retrospective clip reel. (laughs) <laughs> they
1: love it. They, they've got
2: they got ninety five thousand of them. They've,
1: they've earned it. And by the they
2: way, and by the way, they could make ninety five thousand more, and I'm here for all of them. I don't care. That music starts, and they did the same thing they always do. They started with sort of Iron Man, in the cave from the first Iron Man movie, and then you got a little bit of Cap, and a little bit of Hulk, and a little bit of Black Widow, and they they just went through and led you all the way through to the end of Endgame, uh, with it kind of ended with um. The Thanos is uh, I am uh, Inevitable Inevitable and then Tony Stark's I am Iron Man. And you could barely hear any of the dialogue in the in the in Hall H because everyone was screaming at the top of their lungs. And it ended with the Infinity saga just on the screen. And then Kevin Feige came out and kind of said, you know, thanked everybody for being with uh, being with Marvel for the entirety of the Infinity saga. He brought out the entire Marvel team. Uh, of the people that work at Marvel behind the scenes on stuff, and uh, introduced each one of them, and everybody got uh, a big standing of like a big, like everyone just was cheering for them, and so that was all great. And then he put up on the screen sort of the uh, the Marvel timeline that everybody's been posting on Twitter with nothing revealed, just the dates and stuff like that. Which is what they did for Phase Three back at the El Cap. Yeah, and they ago. and they just started going through. Uh, and just revealing things one by one. So, uh, you know, the first the entire Eternals cast came out, uh, talked a little bit about the movie. We got very little information really about the meat of any of these movies, but we do know, and that we, we knew this kind of going with the Eternals or these. Uh, like, I'm not super familiar with that aspect of the Marvel of the Marvel really. Universe, but uh, but it's the very Jack Kirby stuff. It's it's the crazy it's the crazy cosmic stuff that like. You know, DC's version of it is like the New Gods and uh, and Apocalypse and everything, and this is like that. But that the Eternals are these uh, immortal beings that have been placed on Earth by the Celestials to sort of protect Earth and protect humanity from the um, what is it, Shannon? The deviants. The deviants. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, and so we don't we didn't get a lot of information about them or what's going on with them, or you know, we just know that they've sort of been there in the shadows. For the entirety of the past ten years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and why they didn't step forward and help, and why we only know about them now—like those are all the big questions. Um, the cast all seemed super stoked, and that uh, included Angelina Jolie, uh, Salma Hayek, yep. Kamal Nanjiani,
0: uh, Richard Madden, yep, from Game of Thrones yep. and The Bodyguard, yep. And there's a Korean
1: actor as well, yep, who seemed—he's su- from Train from Busan. I don't know the actor's name, but it's uh, Train from Busan—is his most current, uh, like big hit.
2: Yeah, so really, like, just huge cast of characters. Uh, That was really exciting. And then uh, the next one up was uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Right. So Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan came out super great. The big thing there, and the thing that uh, most people probably didn't see, I don't think it is on the internet, um, they kind of referenced it. But so they they kind of came out, they joke around, uh, Mackie's got the shield, he gives it to Stan, they're kind of joking about that. And you do get the sense, you know, a lot of people, and Kalinowski, you and I kind of discussed this, you know, they're... A lot of people were thinking that Bucky was going to be the next Cap, not necessarily Falcon, so getting the hand up to Falcon. And it does seem right. like this series is going to deal a lot with their relationship and and how that all works and him come him be, and, and uh, Falcon stepping into this new role. But then they revealed a the big villain. So, like, the screen goes dark and you start hearing all of the words from Civil War that sort of trigger Winter Soldier. And all of a sudden... Uh, um, daniel Bruhl. yeah daniel Bruhl uh, appears on on the screen and uh starts kind of talking and he's like oh yeah when the big villain appears at comic-con you always think that uh, he's going to talk about the death and destruction in his big master plan but that's not what this is and then he kind of like just looks down at the two of them and he goes, i'll be seeing you two very very soon and then he puts on a purple ski mask on his face uh comics com- accurate yeah comics accurate uh baron um Zemo. Zemo. Sorry guys, it's been a long weekend and yeah, I'm driving. Zemo. Zemo. But yeah, so we're getting like a full Baron Zemo, so that was a big that was a big news. Um so that was all cool and then we jo- with they dove into Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten uh the Ten Rings. Ten Rings uh, and did a little retrospective which is on the internet, I think if you can find it of just how, they how the show how the, the Ten Rings tattoo
0: has appeared throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not just in the Iron Man movies, but in with different Ant Man, uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, Iron Man three, Iron Man three, but also from the the short where they where it's revealed all, that yeah. the Mandarin is real. So and uh, it's not Ben Kingsley.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I mean that that was all really big news, uh, and then we dove into WandaVision, Super crazy. So it sounds super, super crazy. The image that uh, you don't see uh, on online right now, is the very first image they showed, it was like almost a giant TV set, black and white, with this sort of, uh, it looked like, it was sort of faded. You couldn't quite make it all out, but it was uh, it like Scarlet Witch in almost a 1950s dress and Vision in sort of like a, a button-up tie with like a sweater pulled over it. Kind of Leave it to Beaver uh, And then the music that they were playing throughout was all very Leave it to Beaver, like classic TV stuff. So they said they've it's super one of the weirdest things they've done um, and which led right back into um, the Doctor Strange announcement. Um, in the multiverse of madness. In the multiverse of madness. And that they is talked, a talked a lot about like wanting to get to sort of the gothic roots of like Doctor Strange and kind of getting a little bit more of a scary movie. And that there is actually a multiverse, that even though uh, Quentin Beck was making it up on the fly in Far From Home, there is a multiverse. Doctor Strange is going to deal with it. And then the big news was uh, they brought Scarlet Witch back out uh, and said, uh, you know, sh- or what the things that happen in WandaVision. Are going to tie directly into why she is a big part of the next Doctor Strange movie, um, and I think that's the stuff that really cheeses me out about Marvel so much. Is that I really liked Doctor Strange one. I think it's a great origin movie. I don't. It's not at the top of my Marvel list, but it's the same thing they were able to do with like Thor Ragnarok. Where taking some of these other characters in the Marvel universe and weaving them in and out of these stories is really like what what they're best at. Uh, and then speaking of, they dove right into Loki. Uh, and, you know, nothing surprising there so much. Like, we all saw Loki uh, from another reality disappear, or, or the alternate timeline in Endgame kind of disappear with the Tesseract. And so they just confirmed that that is indeed what's going to happen. But one of the interesting things that they really made a point of was that Loki from the end of Avengers, when he takes the Tesseract, is a Loki that has... Endgame. Sorry, in Endgame, yeah. Uh, is, is not a Loki that has been... Um, remotely emotionally redeemed the way our Loki is in Thor 2 and Thor 3 right uh, so as Tom Hiddleston said the last thing that he, this Loki remembers is being uh, Hulk smashed right <laughs> and so I think we're getting back to more of a mischievous he's still uh, the villain yes a more villainous Loki um, oh and then what then what oh was it then Thor Yes. Yeah. <laughs> with the greatest title ever. Greatest title ever, and also, and, and you know, they, so for each one of these things, they had like sort of a title treatment. That's what they showed, uh, and uh, boy, it was like rock and roll craziness, like beating hearts and crazy things. Like, it was super cool. The and title it, card. It looks like heavy metal fonts from the eighties. Yeah. Um. So more, more of the, more of what everybody loved from Thor three uh, with Taika Waititi, and uh, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth like are just the most adorable non-romantic team-up in the world coming out and kind of joking around. Uh, You know, Tessa Thompson definitely made a point to make it clear that, yes, Valkyrie is indeed bisexual. She's kind of looking for her queen. Um, But then the big announcement, and I think this probably out of everything in the Marvel panel was the... This was the big news. Like, the people erupted. So they... They talked about, you know, Tyka said that he was watching, uh, that he was reading a lot of Mighty Thor when they were doing Thor three, and Mighty Thor is the whole uh, Jane Foster as Thor, female Thor storyline, and so then they said they're doing female Thor, and then, and like it was this weird anticipation thing. It's kind of like what we were talking about with Conan, kind of saying Tom Cruise was coming out, and like nobody believed it until he came out. He was like, well, there's only one woman. That we know that could be female Thor, and there's been a lot of news made about you know Natalie Portman not necessarily wanting to continue on with the Marvel Universe after the first two Thor movies, and even with um, Endgame with the time heist stuff, they didn't they used footage they already had of her. They she didn't come on and do anything, and when they said Natalie Portman was going to be coming back as Jane Foster to do female Thor, I thought Hall H was going to explode. I, I like people. <laughs> It, it was, it was, that was the announcement of announcements. And when she came out on stage and grabbed that hammer, boy, uh, people really, really lost it. Um, and then, oh, and then Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Renner came out. Heroes Heroes introduction in Hall H ran through the back of
1: Hall H as the Avengers music was pounding. May I just go back for a second what you said with Jane Foster? Yeah. Because you got to think about it. Because I think everyone had felt like, no one was clamoring at the bit to get her back. Like no one was like, oh, she didn't show up in Endgame. There's no resolution with what happened. She just kind of because at the end of Thor two, they he arrives back on Earth. Says, hey, you know, at the post credit scene, and we never saw her and Then they mentioned a little bit in uh, Ultron. She's like, oh, she's off being, you know, she's smarter than you know Pepper and this and that. But there's gotta be something. She's a phenomenal actress, you know, uh, and it's they. T- it's probably probably seeing which what, what happened with and even Hemsworth talks to her. It's like after Ragnarok, he goes to the roost. Says, hey. We created a new Thor. We want this Thor still. You know, he... So I can imagine her going, hey, wow. Okay. And they probably went to her with that pitch. And so, like, it's just... I'm excited. I, you know, it was never one of those things you, you didn't think you wanted. But now you're like, now that it's there, you're like, oh, of course. And it's what a great director can do. And look, I
2: think for Natalie Portman, I mean, to defend her choices a little bit on that, too. Uh, Thor 1 and Thor 2 are not oh. the best of the Marvel movies. And she yeah. was... She was Basically, the damsel in distress. Uh, it, basic, you know, more, not 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 to a horrible degree. She was. It's an interesting character for her to play, but it wasn't the biggest, most uh,
1: meaty role for her to play. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like with Rachel McAdams as Christine Adams. You know, a lot of people were talking that, that they thought she was going to be Clea, which is Doctor Strange's big kind of love interest, and she kind of had a, a, a thankless role. These are these great actresses that come in, but you never know going forward. Well, but I think, and I think so. I think when Marvel went to see uh, Portman, it was like, look here's what's been
2: happening with Jane for the past couple of years in yeah. the comics and here's what we want going and saying we want you to be Thor's girlfriend in another Thor movie or going and saying no you're going to be Thor
1: Yeah,
2: like you're female Thor it's a different ball game well, sure. and also the last time that Portman
0: was in Thor 2 that was before Kevin Feige had sort of the unilateral control over Marvel Studios like oh. he, he didn't have that until after Age of Ultron if I'm remembering correctly where now he reports oh. directly to Bob Iger
1: oh well, well that's when uh um oh god what's Ike Ike I, yes, that guy he got the boot and that was finally five was like okay finally he, we, we he, don't didn't get the, to, he didn't get the boot Marvel and Marvel Studios just split yeah he was finally yeah you're right in that sense where he's like okay I've been I, I've had one hand behind my back this entire time now I'm free um, so yeah, that was really the big news. And then, as I said with Hawkeye, I mean, the big thing with
2: Hawkeye,
1: uh, the Hawkeye series is is about him training Kate Bishop. It's Matt Fraction, right? That's the writer. Matt, Matt David uh, Matt Fraction, David Ajer. Which is interesting though, because in that, he's a single guy. This Hawkeye we've got, he's got a family. Yeah. So it's like he's got two boys and a girl, uh, Cooper, Lila, and, Piet- and Nathaniel Pietro. Um, so it'll be interesting because that that. It, it's interesting because Hawkeye, to me, people give Renner the really kind of crap deal. They're like, he's boring, he's this and this. You guys got to remember, the the Hawkeye of the comics is the Tony Stark of the movies. He is that womanizing, glib, always k- kind of carefree guy. Well, RDJ comes in, owns that, makes that his. And the Iron Man in the comics was more of a James Bond suave, not this kind of quirky guy. So they... <laughs> Yeah, you oh, I can have a whole debate about that later. No, I don't know. Go that's... read Iron Man before Tony Stark took over, before RDJ took over. He was this quintessential James Bond tech guy. I mean, yes. He's all... Moving on. Point, counterpoint. I did it myself. Mike dropped Wow. Me okay, well. Uh, but I'm saying, so, so Renner got the short of the show.
2: Love, love, love having these uh, guests on the Geek Buddies
1: once yes. and one and done. One and done. So <laughs> Renner didn't get to come in and be that kind of character. He was essentially just the spy guy. So to do the whole family backstory, that really benefited him. But now it also, in the situation, the David Aja and, and, and Faction that you'd said run, it was always that kind of sleeping with everybody, single guy. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Interesting to see.
2: Um, and then we got to Black Widow. That was the big—and that's the one they had. They saved it for last because, honestly, because I think that's what they had the most footage to show. Um, so they brought the whole cast out, um, and they showed sort of— I mean an extended fight scene that led into what will most likely be most of what the trailer is Uh, so the big stuff is you know it is set in Budapest you get that great not only that it's just like little little things like this like they had like a shot of a place you weren't quite sure what it was and then all in white font over the entire screen like Budapest came up the same way that the Russos do in their movies and so it kind of feels like well and it takes place after Civil War right? I believe it does yeah I mean it does seem very much like so when they said that it was going to be sort of a it's a prequel same way Captain Marvel was like I wasn't quite sure where it was going to be set but they open it up with sort of a voiceover of Natasha Talking about the family that she's found and how that family, the Avengers, has really changed the course of her life and that she wants to sort of wipe her ledger clean. Uh, and it shows her dry, riding around. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I think this takes place between at the end of Civil War. And they do actually show the clip where Tony is like kind of giving her shit and he's like, you know, they're coming for you. I guess you can't let that uh, double agent thing go. Um, and you don't really realize it when you get to Infinity War because there's so much going on in the Marvel Universe. But, like, what happens from that moment when Tony walks away from her uh, at, at the base to her showing up to, with Cap and uh, Falcon to save Scarlet Witch and Vision, there's a gap there. And I do think that gap is where this movie sits, it right. seems like. Um, so we see her... Uh, she's walking into a. She's walking into an apartment in Budapest, and we see her in an extended fight scene with um, Floritz Pugue. Yeah, who plays? Uh, uh, it was Yelena Belova. Yelena Bolova, and uh, and it's a very intense scene. Like if there was any worry about like what the action level of this movie was going to be, it is a intense uh, fight scene in a kitchen that um, kind of just destroys the kitchen, um, followed by them like pouring some shots of vodka and talking so you're like okay there's something we're going on and then it just gets into sort of an extended action sequence where we see there's a lot of action and we get the reveal of taskmaster um so a lot and that another great little sort of mini action set piece uh set outdoors at night and so like a lot of really really cool stuff uh and like i would say i i was really happy that black widow was getting a movie uh i think she as as a core core member of the Avengers team deserves it. I wouldn't say that I was overwhelmingly excited for Black Widow. I was curious. But after watching the footage, uh, I'm really curious to see what this movie does and uh, what it does for her character and what it does for potential other characters being in the Marvel Universe going forward. Alright, well we're just about at an hour, so I think we need to wrap it up.
0: But Phase 4. Kalinowski, what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, Glad you asked
1: that. I I wanted to get that. Of all these... I have to say, it's going to be Shang Chi. Uh, I love the casting of the actor. He seems a little older than what I thought. There was talk of Ludi Lin, who's in his early twenties. This guy seems like he's in his mid thirties, which I, I could be wrong. I love the casting of that. I love the fact that they the, the guy says we're going to go into those arsh. Like we always talk about, what Marvel does like they did their spy thriller with Winter Soldier, which is my favorite to this day film of theirs. They did a heist film with Ant Man. This is their kung fu uh, love of uh, love letter to kung fu movies and, and Asian cinema. I cannot wait sometimes in the films the fight scenes in Marvel universes in Civil War they did that speeding up with Black Widow and even the stunt people have said we hated that 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 was happened it kind of took away the stunt people's abilities I want to see some of the badasses fight scenes the best fight scenes we have ever seen it's Marvel I don't doubt it I want to see those awesome awesome just fight scenes like and they're gonna I think they're gonna we talked about Fin Fang Foom and you laughed like that's its name it's like that's the dragon's name Fin Fang Foom I don't think for a second that Marvel will not delve into that I yeah. think they will own They've it. They've got a talking raccoon in a talking tree. They can yeah. do a thing fang foom. They're you fine. Know, I, the, the TV, gosh, the whole dancing around Kunlun with the fist of the dragon is like, come on. I, I, I'm sad we didn't get an Iron Fist film done properly with Marvel MCU. Shang-Chi, I cannot wait. Vogel?
2: Uh, uh, I want say two things. I, I think I'm, I mean... I think I am most excited about female Thor now. I was already excited about another Thor movie with Taika Waititi, but female Thor has put me over the edge. So I'm ridiculously excited for that. And I'm also really excited for WandaVision. Just from what I can suss out and what it seems like it's going to be, you know, what I can suss out, it seems like it's going to be really interesting. But the best part to me about the panel, the takeaway that I took away from this panel, is that Marvel, who is at the top of their game and could do anything they wanted, uh, is really... Really diving into diversity in a big way. It was so apparent on this panel, and you look at all the directors they're choosing, who's directing these movies, the casts that they're having. Tessa, you know, it wasn't. It's not like Tessa Thompson like said uh, something about Valkyrie sexuality by accident. Like these Marvel panels are really well scripted out, and so it's like it's like Marvel, who's the biggest game in the world right now, is putting their foot down and saying like from a statement level like. We are committed to creating a much more diverse universe. Okay. Uh, and I think that's great. And then the other thing I'll say, because we didn't touch on these two last things I just want to get to, is the announcement um, of Mahershala as Blade. Yes. Uh, the big surprise that he came out at the very, very end, and they announced that he's going to be the new Blade. Uh, and um, – Kevin Feige sort of teasing all the stuff they didn't get to talk about, that we didn't talk about Captain Marvel 2, Guardians 3, Black, Panther, uh, Black 2. Panther 2, and kind of then also, oh, we didn't talk about Fantastic Four, we didn't talk about Mutants, that's coming down the pipe. And what I love, and I was talking to somebody about it last night um, at one of the parties, is that, um, and I've said this on the podcast before, Marvel's best attribute is their patience. They, they're not afraid to take their time with things. Um and so, with, where, other, where other superhero franchises and other superhero studios might rush things to try and get to this, get to it faster or to catch up with the competition, they've got Fantastic Four and X-Men and everything in their pocket, and they're choosing to go into these other brands first, some not as well known, and I think that's going to pay off really big for them. Okay. And I think I have to say,
0: I'm with Kalinowski. I mean, Shang-Chi is the one that I'm really looking forward to, but also, just as equally, uh... Falcon and Winter Soldier. Can't wait to see those guys keep going. Yeah. Tony, do you have a? Do you have a? Do you want to chime in here in terms of Marvel Phase Four? I'm
2: very interested in Shang Chi.
0: Okay. Look also, that. Thor. Okay. Yeah, a few. Is Bucky.
1: Bucky, Winter Soldier, Falcon. I, 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 I divided film and television. I should have done that. Uh, but those, like you, McClung, we're on the same page, my friend. All right, well, guys, thank you so much for joining us
0: on our uh, car ride back home after a very long but very fun Comic-Con. If you would like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, it's at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you would like to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at Shannon underscore McClung. And on Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy.
2: I am uh, at MKToon. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to, in addition to... um giving us a listen which we always appreciate Uh, give us some ratings give us some feedback give us some comments Uh, it always helps us rise up and uh, get more geek buddies Kalinowski where can they find you
1: you can find me on the interwebs at Mike Kalinowski also I host a podcast called DC Movie News it's on After Buzz and the Popcorn Truck Network it's YouTube DC Movie News uh, where you can hear me wax poetically about DC and my love of it Tony you want to throw out your personal information right now what's your social
2: At the Campanella on Instagram. Even though I don't use it that much, I guess I should use it more. (laughs) Um, And if anybody wants to give us gas, we really need some. We're probably going to be on the side of the road shortly. Send help. Uh, (laughs) We need gas. All right. If you don't hear from us next week, it's because we are stranded on the side
0: of the road. Otherwise, we will catch you next time on The The Geek Geek Buddies! Hey!